All right, welcome back. Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, some good numbers uh, yesterday on the mm-hmm. on the on the pandemic in British Columbia, and here we are in the month of June now, moving into the second dose phase of the vaccine rollout. What are you looking forward to here? Yeah, so things are looking good on a number of of uh, indicator fronts. So uh, yesterday was the first day since October twentieth, I believe. We had fewer than two hundred cases. Our daily case uh, rolling uh, case average number, seven day number is two sixty two, down from more than twelve hundred uh, at the at the peak of the wave, which was about second week of April. Number of people in hospital was approaching four hundred a week back at that time. It's now less than one hundred and fifty. Number of people in ICU is decreased as well. Our test positivity rate is now dropping below 5% for the first time in months. So all these things are, and we also cracked the 70% vaccination rate for uh, people aged 18 and over yesterday. We're 70.4. We'll be at 72% probably today or 71.5%. What we're going to see in June is an increasing number of people getting the second dose. Right. So we're at some point uh, this month, we're going to have more people getting the second dose on any given day than people getting the first dose. Good news is we've got a lot of vaccine. We're going to have one and a half million doses, at least of, of primarily Pfizer, but also some Moderna. No certainty whether we're getting any more AstraZeneca, but uh, which again puts you and me in the situation, which was clarified yesterday by NACI, the National Advisory Committee on Immunization, that you, if you got AstraZeneca, it was okay, it was safe. You have the green light to get Pfizer or Moderna, one of the me- messenger RNA vaccines. And is that the plan in British Columbia? Now, well, we've got a hundred, about 130,000 um, AstraZeneca doses sitting there for second dose purposes. So 275,000 people got AstraZeneca in this province. So 130,000 of them will get a second dose of AstraZeneca if that's what they want. The rest, if, if more AstraZeneca does not come in, that means the other 145,000 or so people, and that may, be, may include me and you, depending on where we fall in the queue in terms of uh, that, that eight-week uh, interval, We'll have to decide whether they want to get Moderna or Pfizer. Likely Pfizer, because we're going to have more, much more Pfizer than Moderna. Okay, Premier John Horgan was asked about this yesterday, and his first vaccine dose was the AstraZeneca, AstraZeneca yep. right? And he was asked, okay, so what are you going to do now? You know, are you going to try and get the AstraZeneca as your second shot, or are you willing to take a different vaccine as the booster? And here's what he had to say. Uh, I, I feel at this point in time, I'm going to stick with uh, what had me getting AstraZeneca at the time. The first available vaccine for me is going to be the best available vaccine. Okay, so basically saying if they offer him the Pfizer as the booster shot, he's going to take it, right? Yeah, so he he was, he was got his shot, I think, a week ahead of me, and I think I was a week ahead of you. So yeah. he, he should be coming up on the two-month, the eight-week interval pretty quick. So uh, right now, he may be one of the first ones to get that, one of the 130,000 existing doses of AstraZeneca as the second dose. That's something, obviously, we're going to be asking him on almost daily basis. Okay, and as we go forward, you, you just, I, I articulated some of those really positive numbers that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. So we're in good shape here going forward to go to step two of the role of yep. the reopening plan on june 15th and i would say that unless something really unexpected happens we're in good shape to go to step three on july 1st which right. is really the big reopening so that's the more big gatherings dropping the travel restrictions. Tra- travel around canada yeah. uh not crossing the border yet though but that's yeah. going to be a, that that, that issue is going to heat up through the summer about uh, opening the border okay we see business groups now lobbying yeah. to reopen the borders what's happening there what's the status of that yeah there's a there's a lot of pressure because more and more people are getting uh vaccinated the numbers are dropping in pretty well every jurisdiction uh, with a couple exceptions and and that again business arguing well this supports opening up the border I think it's a, you know realistically I think it's a little premature 
But the pressure is going to be on both the federal uh, Canadian government and the federal U.S. government to open the border at some point this summer. I think a lot of people still think it's going to be the fall, but I think the pressure is mounting to it earlier. Okay, so talk about the fight over forestry now, and we continue to see the blockades Mm -hmm. on Vancouver Island over old-growth logging. We've had over 130 arrests, and we've got a great panel coming up at the bottom of this hour to talk about the announcements yesterday with Horgan rolling out a new forestry plan that very significantly does not include shutting down logging in this disputed area on Vancouver Island. And keep in mind that it's a First Nation that's involved here, the Pachydot First Nation, which supports this Mm -hmm. logging. They They get a piece of the profits there. A lot of their people are working in the woods. And that's what makes this such an intriguing d- dispute. Yep. And Horgan was asked about it yesterday. Now, listen to what he says here. Here's Horgan talking about uh, shutting down old growth logging in this disputed area. And the critical recommendation that's at play at Ferry Creek is consulting with the title holders, the people whose land these forests are growing on. And that, in this instance, is the Pachidat. And further into uh, TFL 46 and TFL 44, the Dididat and the Huayat. And those consultations have to take place. If we were to arbitrarily put deferrals in place there, that would be a return to the colonialism that we have so graphically been brought back to as a result of issues in Kamloops this week. Okay, I thought it was fascinating the way he linked up the discovery of the uh, children's bodies in that residential school site in Kamloops with this dispute in Vancouver Island. Making the argument that to overstep and intrude on First Nations rights is a form of colonialism. And again, I think the environmental activist community have to get their heads around the fact that this, this has changed since UNDRIP has been brought in. The Forest Act or Forest Changes announced yesterday, the underpinning um, uh, aspect of it was more uh, tenures for Indigenous people and First Nations. They are, so we're going to have the five big companies, the, the, which uh, control publicly, by and large, with the exception of parts of Vancouver Island, public land. That's going to be divided up, up to smaller companies, local communities, and Indigenous First Nations. And they're going to be responsible for determining what gets done on those lands. And that will include logging old-growth timber in some aspects. Okay, so the logging of old-growth will continue in this flashpoint area on Vancouver Island, Ferry Creek. It will. It will. The government has no intention of stepping in and and taking away the rights of... uh, And those protesters protesters have no intention of going away, it appears. No, but... Again, I just don't see how the government can give in on this and, and step in and do what uh, they're advocating, which is basically trample on the rights of First Nations. Okay, I spoke to Aaron O'Toole earlier today on the show, the federal conservative leader. We talked about this story that has shocked Canada this week, the discovery of the bodies of those indigenous children in, in Kamloops. He is calling for immediate government action on this. Let me play something that he said here and then get your take on it. Here's Aaron O'Toole earlier the, earlier today on the show. When it comes to the missing children, I, I can't stress it enough. I've, I've heard from a family directly how important that identification, that knowing where their family member is, how critical it is to healing, not just from that generation, it passes through generations. So let's move on 71 to 76 right away as part of a wider effort of reconciliation. Okay, 71 to 76 is a reference to the recommendations that came out of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission on the residential schools, which included securing these sites, searching mm-hmm. for more bodies, mm-hmm. repatriating bodies, compensation as well. Well, it's going to be interesting. John Horgan was asked about this yesterday as well. He made the point um, First Nations have to be the ones to determine how this evolves and how this goes forward. It can't be governments dictating to First Nations how this is going to be investigated or examined. It has to be First Nations taking the lead here. And again, it's uh, it's going to be an ongoing process. This is not going to be uh, going away anytime soon. Okay. 
it was the it was the previous conservative government under Stephen Harper that actually the Truth and Reconciliation Commission started under Harper. Mm-hmm. Harper issued an apology for the residential school system, um, and I think that's something that should be noted. But it was it's also been pointed out that Murray Sinclair, who headed up that commission, wanted more money. He wanted more resources, resources yep. to investigate these residential schools, and he only he only wanted one point five million dollars. That's what he asked for. And Harper said no. Well, Harper turned him down. But the discovery of this unmarked burial site has changed things significantly and dramatically. And again, it's going to be very hard for governments to push back and say, no, we can't afford it. And in a pandemic right now, when we're running gargantuan deficits for all sorts of spending, I don't see how any government can say, well, we don't have money to investigate this. Okay. And the government this morning putting some money on the table to do more investigations of other residential school sites as mm-hmm. they search for more unmarked uh, burial sites. Yeah, this will be ongoing. All right, welcome back. It's Baldry's Beat. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Sharon in North Van. Hi, Sharon. Um, my question is, um, I've, I'm 58. I took the AstraZeneca back on April 2nd. And I am i haven't, and even I've tried to Google it and things like that. What are the risks involved, or are there any, in taking the Pfizer shot versus the AstraZeneca, or, or is there any benefits in taking the AstraZeneca again? I, I don't seem to have a clear answer on that. Thanks for the call. Yeah, so this is evolving science, but NACI, the National Advisory Committee on Immunizations, recommends uh, it's perfectly fine to get uh, another one of the messenger RNA vaccines if you've got AstraZeneca as a first dose. Dr. Bonnie Henry has said that, in fact, there's some studies that suggest it's even better if you combine the two vaccines. It'd be even stronger if you get the the, the second dose of Pfizer and Moderna. So uh, if NACI's recommending... Uh, that this be done. I mean, this is done from this. this so NASI is a, a whole group of medical specialists, uh, epidemiologists, immunologists, whose background is in infectious disease and vaccines, and they are recommending that this is very safe. And they're looking at other studies that are taking place around the world, right? Yeah. In, in Europe and elsewhere. Yeah, the UK's got a lot of studies going on. Spain, uh, and so far, it's thumbs up to uh, mixing right. vaccines. Right. Okay. Let's go to John in West Van. Hey, John. Hi. How you guys doing? Good. Go ahead. Okay, so just uh, two things. One, um, I got the AstraZeneca I'm 50, uh, on April 19th. One of the reasons that I'm going to go for the mRNA is that I would expect if we're going to do booster shots sometime next year, that more than likely, I can't imagine that Canada is going to be ordering any booster shots from AstraZeneca, and then more than likely we'd end up with an mRNA booster shot. Do you guys agree with that? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't close the door on Canada not ordering more AstraZeneca shots. We want to get as many vaccines as possible. We've got, for example, we've got orders for J, uh, Johnson & Johnson, the Janssen vaccine, which is... Whatever happened to that one? Yeah, we've got uh, 400,000 doses that are, seem to be sitting somewhere in, uh, in Canada. Um, but again, because that came from a, a flawed facility in Baltimore... But again, I think we've got like 38 million doses on a contractual basis with that vaccine maker alone. And there are other vaccines out there being developed. So I wouldn't say no that uh, to Canada ordering more AstraZeneca. Okay, let's go to Robin on the line in Vancouver. Hi, Robin. Yeah, I'd like to ask, is, has the uh, residential schools, uh, were most of them private or public-run schools? They're mostly run by the churches. So mm-hmm. we had like the Anglicans, the Catholics, the United Church. I mean, there were there were diff- many different denominations that were running in, in, these in churches. Different provinces. Yeah, too. but it started under kind of a it started under Sir John A. Macdonald, mm-hmm. uh, the first the first prime minister of the country, but largely uh, church run. There have been apologies by a lot of the churches involved, but notably, you see the federal government 
uh, calling for Pope Francis to apologize today. And interestingly, I had an interesting exchange with Aaron O'Toole on that one this morning, who told me he doesn't control the Pope. <laughs> so uh, we'll see where that one goes forward. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Mark and Delta. Hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mike. Hi, Keith. Um, Keith, uh, from what you've heard and what you know, like I had the AstraZeneca vaccination April 1st, according to Bonnie Henry, Dr. Bonnie Henry, 12 weeks is optimum for full effects. Mm-hmm. What if I'm given the opportunity at, say, 10 weeks to get Pfizer or Moderna? Is that more beneficial than waiting the 12 weeks for AstraZeneca? What do you think? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, she has said 12 weeks is a better stretch for if you get AstraZeneca as a first. Now, I I don't have enough knowledge to say there's a big difference between 10 weeks and 12 weeks. Again, we're early in the science on this. I think it's best to get a second dose whenever you can. Um, so I would, if, if Pfizer is offered to me at 10 weeks and an AstraZeneca is not, I'll probably take the Pfizer. But I'm willing to wait 12 weeks instead of eight. Yeah, I'm kind of... I'm AstraZeneca. Right, and so, and so am I. I got the AstraZeneca first shot, and I'm willing to take... The other, the other, the MR, uh, the Pfizer shot, if it's well, offered you, to me as a back, uh, as a you, booster. You and I live on Vancouver Island. Guess how many cases have been detected in the last two days? I in heard Vancouver it was Island. was it one the other one, day? yeah, and then one, two wow. cases. Wow. Uh, the positivity rate over here is less than one percent. It's the lowest in the entire province. It's very encouraging. Six zero four two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight is the number. Star ninety eight ninety eight on your cell. Brenda in Kelowna. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Hi. Could you? Please uh, tell me, if I want to get my second Moderna one, how do I know where to go to get it? Because everyone around here seems to have gotten Pfizer, and when I signed up for my second dose, it never gave me a choice, and it mm-hmm. didn't ask me what I'd had before. So if I want Moderna, how do I, how do I find a place to get it? That's a good question. It depends where you live. Uh, again, we don't have nearly as many Moderna doses arriving as we do Pfizer. We're getting 328,000 doses of Pfizer every week. It arrives on Monday and Tuesday. Moderna is less certain. Of, we hope to get 144,000 Moderna doses mid-month. We got 132,000 doses last week. It doesn't come in anywhere near the number. So it's distributed differently. So most Moderna arriving right now will be going to uh, indigenous communities that got Moderna in the very first part of the immunization rollout. And that's in a lot of remote communities as well. So I'm not not sure I have the answer to your question, but uh, we are going to get more Moderna. But again, the supply of it will likely vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. But because the Pfizer vaccine is also a similar vaccine to Moderna, they're both mRNA vaccines. Take the Pfizer. Yeah. You know, if you've got Moderna, Nasi says it's perfectly fine to get Pfizer as your second dose. Squeeze one more. And Bonita on Vancouver Island. you got to go quick, though, Bonita, okay? Okay, I'll, I'll go quick. Yeah. St. Anne's Academy in Victoria, Vancouver Island, was a residential school. I have heard horror stories from that place. Your opinion? Mm. Well, I mean, they're going to have to search every residential school site in the country, it appears. Yes. Maybe using this ground-penetrating way. There is a, uh, over 130 of them. Yes, this is, this is just the beginning of what's going to be a very long process, and St. Anne's may very well be included in this just down the street from where you and I are. 